Welcome back to another episode of It's Go Time. Today's guest is Mihara talking to us about how he is the black cowboy of Texas. <laughs> no podcast. I'll I'll finish it off in the next 45 minutes. Okay. Thank you man. Of your time. You want Rogan I need 3 hours of your time, sir. Yeah, I need all that. I need all the love. Mihara What's up? You sexy beast. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh. Dang, got my uh, heart going. It's either that or the tea. What what what, what, what was it that I what you said I I'm, I'm getting a bit. Akmar has been a little zesty lately, Z- guys. <laughs> zesty. Explain to the people what zesty means. What does zesty means? So it's so funny. I didn't know what zesty was until I watched uh JRE. And uh, there was a guy, this black dude, he was talking. He's like, there's a lot of dudes out here who's zesty. And I was like, I like that word. <laughs> to describe, you know, and I was just like, I'm going to use that word now. So that's, zesty. I don't know the, the the gist of it, but yeah, that's what zesty is. Word of the week. When you act a little. <laughs> <laughs> basically, basically, you are saying I bet for the other side. Not me, <laughs> but that's what they say. That's what the word means. Yeah. So oh, okay. Don't be zesty. Don't be, be zesty. zesty. No, no. Oh, okay. Like thanks extra. for having me on. It's kind of like extra. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited. <laughs> Thank you for being here. I'm Thank sweating. You. Why are you sweating? Today is just a casual chat, honestly. <laughs> yeah, we're not gonna ask you. Not casual about chatting about dive nothing. On Come on, you've been Mahara. Yeah. How long do you know us now, Mahara? How long have you been here? Uh, since August. Yeah. Yeah, since August. August, right. it, it seems, seems longer. I know, it yeah, seems yeah. like we know you from like a long time ago yeah. just because August. of how much we've... Because I was yeah. at Keller Williams at the beginning of the year. Oh my God. Yeah, I it's been since that. August. Yeah. I, I started the, off the, the, the 2023 in. in August with uh, KW. And then I got sick and tired of KW and was looking for other opportunities. Spoke to Bo and then he proposed his team. Kimo, his team, and then I walked in one day. I saw this guy over here. We hit it yes. off, and the rest is history. He came so, and he's like, what is this yeah, place? I was like, whoa. They got suits up here. They got this. They got that. Like, like what right is place. this thing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now we're talking zesty, so I don't yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Three months later. Uh, I have no Three idea. Months later. Yeah, exactly. As long as you don't turn up like, zesty. And then you put me on coffee. Or tea. 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 So the crazy thing was, I was not drinking tea for nearly seven months. Okay. And I came to this office because I was like, <laughs> man, coffee is just too much. Yeah. So I laid off coffee, and then next thing you know, I came to this office. <laughs> I switched from coffee to tea, and I've been drinking tea for like the past couple months. The best thing ever. But this oh, is the best bad. tea, though. You the know best that. tea. Yeah. Let's not. <laughs> do you guys want to shout them out? Should we shout them out? I think so. I think they need to pay us. I don't want to shout them out if they're not going <laughs> to give us free refill. There's no point, you know? Uh, so, you even yeah. tell the cup the other way. Nah, I don't want to shout the name because it's like, what's the point? Actually, you don't want to show with our listeners. You don't share with yeah, our listeners nah. where you buy your tea from. But if you guys do want good tea, this place mm-hmm. has great tea. You and just got to reach out to yeah. us and yeah. we'll we'll tell you where yeah, 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 It's know. a little secret. Reach out. Find yeah, a secret. Let them know. Yara, thank you so much for being on our podcast today, man. I'm excited. We excited to have you as a new friend, new brother. Um, we hail from the same continent. Yes, yes. I'm from uh, West Africa originally, Liberia, yes. Liberia. Monrovia. So shout Monrovia. out to our Liberians out there. Yes, yeah. and 
I think the world or, or soccer fans will know Liberia because of your president, George Weah. George Weah, yes, 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 sir. He's yes, the only sir. African footballer to win the Ballon d'Or. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did not yeah. know that actually. Well, now I played soccer do. as a kid, but I never really got into all that much. I got into other extra curricular activities growing up. So my fond love, my first love when I was a kid was skateboarding. Ah, was my first okay. love, um, good, and good. I feel like a lot of that kind of taught me about business, um, the process of not giving up. Because what a lot of people don't know about skateboarding, one, you don't really see a lot of black skaters. So growing up, in my neighborhood, I was the only black skater going okay. around. Yeah. So high school, middle school, I was that kid. I just, Wait, in Liberia this was? No. No, this is here. How are you going to skateboard in Liberia? <laughs> 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 Yes. I grew up there. I left in 2008. So uh, not 2008. How, how when how I was eight. Eight years old. Okay. Um, lived in Minneapolis for a while. And then um, after that, 2005, moved and relocated to Vegas and lived majority of my life and adolescence there. So Vegas was home for several years and I loved it. That's yeah, good. So, man. But yeah, so skateboarding, back to that. Um, that was my outlet. You know, most kids wanted to be out doing nonsense. And I figured my nonsense was being on the skateboard and that kind of helped me escape the barrage of nonsense that was going on around and you know that was my first love and experience of certain other things that america kind of had to offer for kids and stuff like that do you go back often to visit have you to, been back to, to liberia, liberia or to yeah. vegas to liberia i haven't been so as um my years has progressed i became a u.s citizen uh, last year, August 30th. Oh, so, wow. Nice, Congratulations. Nice. Same month awesome. that I came to this office this year, last year, wow. I became a U.S. citizen. So I wasn't a citizen for about 20 plus years, oh, wow. which is a wild process. But um, it was a glorifying process. I mean, you know, a lot of people come to this country for the sense of a better life. And I feel like that it's not so much owning a home, which I did when I was younger, but just having that fear over you like if anything happened you could get deported was one mm-hmm. thing that kind of scared me a little bit growing up because i don't know if a lot of people know when you are an immigrant you know you got to be on your p's and q's so for 20 years i couldn't partake in fights nothing so on and so forth so i had to be very narrow-minded on like a straight and narrow path uh to to not get in trouble and and as soon as you got your citizenship, I was ready to fight everyone. Just, yeah, you're I'm ready. Test me. Like, all no, these realtors I have all here. these rights <laughs> yes, as an American yes. citizen. Yep. No? So um, I don't think I'll ever vote though, because I feel like politically, I feel the system is it's already predetermined who's gonna win. So I think that right there, in its own narrative and its own stance, I don't think that uh, politically, me, this is my choosing, that voting and all that is really based on the people i think it's already predetermined by those who are in upper higher power so i just like the fact that i can travel and now see the the whole world that we have because i think that's one of the things that americans kind of miss out on is we just stick so like oh i love america and it's like dude you haven't been anywhere how can you say you love this place if you haven't seen what other places has to offer so that's what i'm, I'm looking forward to but no i haven't been back home since i became a citizen 
or since I moved here, I should say, back in 2001. Oh, wow. And tell me, what, what got you into real estate? What got me into real estate? So, I good question, by the way. What did you do before real estate? Before real estate, I was selling luxury vehicles. I sold a Mercedes. Before Mercedes, I sold a Ford. But the story behind uh, Mercedes was, there was this girl, good friend of mine, um, There's always a girl involved, this, right? It's not what it way. is, man. <laughs> You're Nelly. I'm involved, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> no, so um, I got asked to go to a Justin Bieber concert. As any man will get asked to go to Justin Bieber, you say no. Because <laughs> you're afraid that it might be zesty. <laughs> <laughs> so I said no to the concert, but then she kept hounding me. She was begging me, asking, asking. And then finally I was like, you know what, I'll go. I have nothing to do, I'm going to go. So I go to the concert, good concert. She was very well known in, um, in within Vegas. She knew a lot of people. So we're at this one restaurant, and I end up striking up a conversation with the GM of Mercedes, and he was like, you're an awesome kid. At this time, I was probably 22, 23, and uh, he was like, you want to work for my dealership? I was like, oh, where, where do you work at? He was like, Mercedes. I was like, oh, this is an awesome <laughs> opportunity. I'm not going to say no, you know, mm -hmm. so... Took the opportunity, fast forward, bought my first house. And uh, as I was living in Vegas, I felt like Vegas was boring for me. And I decided to sell my house and I moved out to Dallas, came out here on a whim. And I told myself that, you know, the guy that helped me buy my house when I was looking at a young age, I didn't feel like he did a, he did a good job, but it wasn't superb. Okay. And, you know, me coming from the car business, being a realist, uh, in luxury vehicle automobile sales, I felt like I could always do more. And real estate is always that next pivotal point, right? You figure, like, I'm selling luxury vehicle. What else can I sell that is the same token of, mm -hmm. like, luxury and people and all so on and so forth? I can be in a cubicle. Like, I cannot be working behind a desk. It's not me. My personality is just too, you know, out exactly, there. Just, yeah. You know, so I was like, you know what? I want to help people. I want to make a difference. And as a minority, I want to be able to create a pathway that I felt like helped me out to come out to Dallas, which was selling my home. And the only way I did that was through real estate. So me understanding the avenues kind of made me want to move to the next path of being a realtor. And that's how it came about. Well, fabulous, nice. man. Yeah, and how has it been going for you? My hairline went back. <laughs> getting a little bald. <laughs> no, but uh, in, all, in all honesty, um, it's been fun. I mean, real estate is one of those things you got to work your tail off. Um it's you're truly hunting every day i mean not to sound like you know grotesque or anything but you constantly have to be doing and moving the needle in your favor if you're not obviously in some avenues is more favorable for some people than others but at the end of the day as long as you don't give up on yourself uh which again that mindset of a, skateboarding is one of the craziest thing because it's like fighting mm. you know you you put yourself through all this pain and agony just to learn one trick every day and you're beating up your shins you're beating up your wrists you're beating up your ankles and all this other things and um you know just that like predetermined of like i want this and that's what real estate is like you got to constantly want it every day you know talking to people even if you don't want to just going after it you know you maybe look seen but uh you know the most insane people tends to get the most success in life and yeah that's that's it nice I think it's fascinating that you're using skateboard as a metaphor. So <clears throat> this weekend, I was with uh, my kids and my kids, my, my eldest two, uh, do fencing. Mm. So I went to buy them equipment. 
And then I, I went to a guy's house in Plano. He's, uh, all he does is sells fencing equipment. And he is, uh, later on, I find out that he is a fencing Hall of Famer. Wow. Okay. And uh, in, that, in that interaction with him, he tells me, you know, the sport that your sons are doing is the best sport uh, in order for them to make decisions. Hmm. So I said, okay, what do you mean? By that, I mean most sports, you have to have some tactical nuance, or you have to make decisions, or whatever. Mm-hmm. He said, "No, when you fence, right? There's only two decisions to me: am I going to attack, or how do I defend?" So when the when the bell rings, your masks are down, your sabers are up. What are you going to do in that split second? And you have a split second to decide: am I going to attack, or am I going to defend? And that allows you and it trains the mm-hmm. kids throughout their lives in order to make the correct decision in a short amount of time, which is fascinating. Yeah. And now you brought up the, the skateboarding as a metaphor of how it doesn't allow you to give up. You just wake up and continue and continue. Well, so yeah. And then uh, and that's, that's cool. Your sons are doing fencing. I feel like every single kid need to find an outlet. Yeah. Uh, but for me, you know, that was, that was just one, the cost of doing it was not that expensive. Yeah. Um, and then just the overall community of the people that did it, you know, it just, it's a sense of identity. And when you're young mm-hmm. and, uh, I just saw it was fun, yeah. you know, and then you have like this crazy euphoric high when you learn something that you've been practicing over and over. I mean, you're studying, watching videos, like, how do you do a kickflip? How do you do a heel flip? How do you ollie? And when you finally had like landed, it's so glorifying, and that's one thing that sold me on it. Uh, but yeah, it's it's just one of those things. It was like a, a sense of expression, and that's mm-hmm. what it was. You know, it was sense of expression on this board. I can be and do anything. And most people look at you in awe because I think one of the biggest thing we have as adults and as people is um, we don't really have a way to kind of show ourselves off or like have our own identity because the world kind of show you no you should be this you should do that and at skateboarding you're like an outlier you're outcast in mm-hmm, a sense mm-hmm. you're ostracized of you know almost some places you're demonized because you look at skateboarders skating on rails like why are you messing like up those darn kids coming, you know <laughs> coming and it's here. just like all they're doing is just having fun exactly. that's it that's you it know, so interesting yeah. so i know you, know, you talked about your hobby with skateboarding but kind of building on that i think you have the unofficial titles like you know the fittest realtor in dallas fittest, you know what i'm saying yeah. the one that can take someone out with the that. double leg you <laughs> know not that. many can do the double leg yeah so, so fitness fitness also a woman got me into it uh but it was a past relationship I see a trend here i know right <laughs> i see a trend you know hey uh but yeah it's past relationship that uh went one sideways and um you know when, when it happened it happened in 2013, but 2015, two years after the relationship, I felt my I like felt myself lost, and it was right around Thanksgiving. So it's crazy that Thanksgiving is literally a couple of days from now. Uh, but right around that time, I'm you know I got done eating, and I was like I gotta rebrand myself and like find something that's different. You know, like this girl just left me. My heart is torn. Like. I want to show her I'm that guy. Like, <laughs> you don't leave Mahada. <laughs> you have a sister Mahada, you drum Mahada, you don't leave you Mahada, you know? <laughs> so I'm sitting there, I'm like, I got to get, and this time, mind you, I was a kid in 
high school PE, I could not lift bench press. Scrawny. Like, school, I was the scrawny kid. I got picked on. I was bullied. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm, I'm in my 20s. I'm like, how can I redefine myself? So I got into fitness. But the way it happened was I walked into the gym in Vegas called uh, Las Vegas Athletic Club or LVAC. So I walk in and I see all these macho dudes, good looking females walking around. I'm like, this is not me. Like, I'm scared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's intimidating. Yo, so I see a good friend of mine that I went to school with. He was like, what are you doing? I was like, dude, I'm about to leave. I don't I don't fit in. He's like, dude, come come work out with me. Like, I'll show you what I'm doing. And he wasn't in the best of shape, but we were good friends, so we just hit it off. Mm-hmm. So, you know, how to say it takes about 90 days to create a habit. I just kept going and going and going, and I fell in love with fitness. And with me, I, I don't get addicted to anything that's bad. All my addiction and things that I love is always good. If it be fitness, if it be skateboarding, like, I'm just one of those people. I just love the adventure of life, and that's it. Would you say, like, you are into, like, personal growth? Like, regardless of whether it's in real estate or yeah. your personal life? I am. I, and, and I think it stems from, you know, growing up not having. When you can create a path of having and you see those who have already created it. You know, I was fortunate enough to be around uh, families and people in Vegas that showed me, you know, like the Maloofs, um, the the Fertitas, which are names, if you lived in Vegas, they're very, I mean, the Fertitas owned the UFC at one point okay. before they sold it. Uh, but I've hung out with their kids and I've seen like what that life is, right? And if you're a kid who never really had that and you get to see it, you know, you, you want to understand like how is this possible? Whole different so, yeah. perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, you know, my mindset has always been like, wow, like I want the brighter outlook on life and I want to be able to enjoy whatever that may be. Right, right. Uh, so, yeah, uh, with fitness, like I said, uh, 2015 was when I first walked into a gym and the rest is history. You haven't looked back. I haven't. The only time I look back is when I'm checking out my back gains. Uh, yeah. <laughs> talk, talk to us about that. I'm seeing now you, you know, yeah. you, you, you shifting your the social media, trying to show that day to day life. Yeah. So, um, with with fitness, you know, one of my biggest things I see a lot of male and females, and you know, at this point as I get older, I realize a lot of people are lost in life, and a lot of us being lost in life it derives from us not really accepting our bodies, our physical image. And we hide behind masks, social media, whatever else, clothes, right? There was something that I watched today, and there was a guy who was a CEO of a company in San Francisco. And he was saying, I used to go to my office, and I would come in with tank tops. And he goes, the reason why I did that is because when you work in a social world, people wear all these nice clothes to hide, like, how you really look. It gives you an okay to be average. He's like, I didn't want to be that. So I came in, I was ripped, and I want to show myself off, right? So... For me, I, I try to do these things, you know, post those uh, videos on fitness and show people like, hey, you know, you don't have to be this scrawny person or this obese person, whatever it is. Like your life starts whenever you make the decision to make a change for yourself, you know. And uh, so now I, I do little videos here and there just to kind of showcase people my knowledge that I've developed since, you know, being in the fitness game uh, from 2015 till now. Like what I know, how to work out, how to eat right. Because you see people online, they're lifting all these heavy weights and injuring themselves. And it's like, why? Like, you don't That's have to point. do that. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're here to develop yourself, not to show off like, oh, my God, I could deadlift 500 pounds. Like, right. That doesn't make sense. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, just to kind of show these young kids that's out there trying to find a role model. I'm not saying I am, but to find someone that understands it 
can teach them it. And if you're young, if you're old, like, hey, here is this. You know, you look at people in the gym, you have a personal trainer, and these dudes are getting all this money and it look like shit. You know, so I'm like, let me just give you guys free game because I know this game. You know, I've competed before. Uh, last year, I did my first fitness show out of the whim. My uh, good friend, who was my nutritionist. Peter, what do you mean fitness show? Yeah, so crazy story. We're gonna oil it down. I went to we Vegas. We have so many other I questions. Can't tell yeah. Yeah. I went to Vegas. This is another podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I, I went to Vegas um, to go see family, and as I was there, um, this dude that him and I was good friends. He had a nutritional company, and you know, I'm one of those people. I support my friends wholeheartedly. You could be selling dirt, and I'll buy your dirt. Like that's just how I am. You that's know? awesome. Man. Yeah. So um, he was like, "Dude, I I want to you know use you as like the catalyst of my business. You know, you look good. You do all these things." And he was like, "Let's go on a, I think we did like a f- five mile run or something like that." And afterwards, I was like, "You know what? I'm gonna get my license in Vegas, and I'm gonna also do a show just out of the whim." So I got <laughs> wow. my license in Vegas. A real estate license in Vegas, and I came back and I ended up doing a bodybuilding show, and I took second place. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, so I, t- I did men's physique and uh, classic physique. Um, it was uh, what was it, Battle Born of Texas? <laughs> okay, so it was Mahada against Texas because I moved here four years ago, right. and now it was like my outlet to be like, Yo, I'm gonna own Texas. <laughs> so, fast forward to the day of the competition, him and I fell out. He ended up coming down to see a different competitor because he told me, oh, you're asking me too much questions. I, I feel like you're disrespecting my program. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, I'm just, the question I'm asking is very viable. Like, yeah. I'm just asking about this nutritional stuff, you know? So he's like, I don't want to be a coach anymore on the nutritional side of things. So mm-hmm. he dropped me. So I had two choices to make. Do I drop out of the competition or do I keep pursuing forward? And uh, in my head, I was like, mama ain't raised no punk. So I decided to move <laughs> forward. So I did the show with no nutritionist, mm. no one be my trainer. And I, I did it myself and uh, stepped on stage. I lost to a guy who was, I think he was on gear. It's the only reason why I lost because he was bigger than me. But uh, overall, like, yeah, I took second place and sure. won a medal. I have a picture of it. It's yeah. pretty gnarly. My body looked crazy. It was the craziest <laughs> I've ever seen in my body. But uh you know, just again that mindset of like, what do you want your life to be? What do you so want you to make? So you have to learn the poses. And oh yeah, 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 yeah. Olympia yeah. Poses, yeah Mr. Olympia oh, poses, yeah. and that was nerve wracking, man. <laughs> the, the 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 current uh, Mr. What's the, Olympia? Uh, Mr. Olympia is is the guy who's won it like four times, Chris. Uh, Sebum? Sebum, yes, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. He he won it again this year. He just got muscle. Wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. Crazy. But there's categories, right? There's, yeah, so you uh, have, so him, he was in more of uh, the bodybuilding stage mm-hmm. of classic physique. You're bigger. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And then for me, like, I, I forgot the categories I was in. Most people think those shows is the epitome of, like, health and all that. And it's not. It's I not think good. bodybuilding is one of the, two other bodybuilders out there, I'm in a buster bubble, but <laughs> it's gross. Like, <laughs> You're yeah. eating like the way you eat. Your love for food is not there. You're eating. Yeah, you're just yeah, eating for the sake yeah, of like, it. Yeah, it's yeah. Not, and which is not yeah. good. So my it's not sustainable. I would say. Yeah. Right? yeah. My, so my girlfriend, she's an RD, a registered dietitian, and um, you know she she kind of always tells me like when when you're just eating just to eat, it loses the essence of like loving food, yeah. and that's right. why with the whole bodybuilding community and competition, like these people. I mean, you're just eating these things just to kind of, just to nasty, eat, you know, nasty. and there's no, like, glorifying of, like, oh, I love the way this tastes. There's nothing. 
So as amazing as it is, it's it has its con, which is that. And then when it comes to the prep week, that's the worst because you're cutting out like so mm. many other things. You're eating like one thing. Oh my god! Uh, it's which, like weight cutting for the fight almost, right? Exactly. So it's like and... you know, with with that, I again, all these things, it has its downside, and right. it's fun. You know, I think everyone should get to the point where they get to see their body to like the utmost. But just know there's some downside and side effects that may take place afterwards. Mm. How would you say like bodybuilding and like being very athletic has helped you in your career? Uh, that's a good question. Because it becomes, you know, with discipline and everything that you have to do, I think it's very similar to what our careers mm -hmm. are. And so how has that helped you? So I'll say just the overall one, you know, I pride myself in looking good. So I just say in that sense of like when you show up, just as far as what we do, I feel we're selling an image, right? Mm -hmm. And with with looking good, you feel good. And if you feel good, just to use the old James Brown model, is you feel good, you tend to give most people your utmost, right? You mm -hmm. tend to give them your whole self. And I think that's where like my fitness understanding comes from. It's like I get to give these people that I assist like my whole self because right. one, I look good, I feel good, which means in turn I can give you everything that you need not just mm -hmm. half he's a whole vibe so you know I, I get to give you like everything you know i'm not just giving you 40 percent of me 70 percent right. of me you know i'm giving you everything like my mind my body my physical like i'm there in the moment right and right. you know some of my clients when we walk around and look at homes they're sometimes buying home just because of like wow like i'm buying a, a home from a person who's waking up at 5 a.m to go to the gym and get this going, this guy's going to be the full vacation exactly. needed. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's not just, wow, this guy is just selling me a home. And, I mean, not all agents are the same. Not most people are getting the gem for that. But I just want people when to work with me to understand, like, I care about myself physically, which means when it comes to you signing on the dotted line, I'm going to be there for you and care for you in the same manner. Yeah, because yeah. you're you have in the, the discipline. That's it. And, you know, it's it's hard. I mean, every day is a is a battle. Do I want to wake up this morning, and go to the gym? Do I want to go squat and have injury in my knees? But you know, at the end of the day, again, it's just that mindset of like. Well, same goes needed. for business because if you don't work out, then you know your body's going to show in a few months, and if you don't do the calls, if yeah. you don't talk to your clients, then it'll show up yep. like in within business, you know yeah true. thirty sixty hmm. days down the but road. I, I like the the parallel because when we spoke to on on the podcast we had with you and Ellie, yeah, about being your authentic self. On right. like social media mm -hmm. and like showing like fitness is something that you is, is a passion for you and sharing right. that so it's like being your authentic self because a lot of yeah. this there's a lot of people out there now social media is, uh, yeah it's, it's fake uh, it's fake. a facade fake. you know and yeah. i think we lost we get lost and carry away in a facade to most people and uh right now fake facade is what is winning you know and people and i and i see that because i see people who would not do as much as what i have done in this game you know I'm walking now, door knocking. When it's 111 degrees, I'm getting laughed at, door slamming in my face. So a lot of my business come from door knocking. As of this year, has been coming from it. So when I first started on that journey, I started the worst month ever uh, was in May. <laughs> I started knocking in May, and it's humid in Texas. You know, I'm wearing a suit. And it's hundred. And a cowboy hat. Don't cowboy. That. Oh, Don't yeah. that. <laughs> Guys, when you see me with the hat. I put that thing on. <laughs> That's the professional limit for the podcast. Uh, but, you know, when, when 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 you're out there knocking, it's just like people are, one, I meet some of the most interesting people. That's why I do it, you know. 
And I always, I feel like I'm one of those people who's an outlier. I do things that most people wouldn't do, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, when I started knocking, again, it was that. Like you're the perfect example of That's that. It. Like you have you have to show up to someone's there. face to realize, hey, like this guy is a hustler. Yep, yep. You know, he's gonna work, you know, really hard with our deals or whatever. So and they it, appreciate that. And it's funny you say that because you know a lot of people when I knock on their door, you think people will be, you know, in super high energy. Like, oh my god, this person is out here knocking on my door. This this yeah. is a go getter. This is the person I want to work with. Contrary to popular belief. Door knockers, I hated. People hate me. I'm be quite honest. I've gotten the cops called on me That's several like times. <laughs> yeah. So what do you tell the cops? I just smile. I'm like I'm a black what man. Do you do when, <laughs> what do you do when they have the no soliciting, like the sign in their door? Uh, so I don't knock on doors that says okay. no soliciting because I'm one of those people. I love what I do for a living. I love real estate, and I will hate for my career and what I do and what I love to get taken away. So. I don't knock on those doors, but, you know, and that just kind of tells me if you have those signs, you don't want me. Exactly. Like, why would I want to yeah. go knock on someone's mm-hmm. door that's, you know, has that? So, for me, it, you know, I'd rather go to your neighbor's that doesn't have it. Right. Uh, but, you know, it's just one of those things. You would think people would want someone that's an eager go-getter, and majority of the time they don't. And it's just like, wow, like, how could you not? Because I will value someone like that because it shows me you're really out here doing what needs to be done to get my household. So, but contrary to popular belief, it's not the case. And most people have this stigma of like, oh, this person's on my door. They're going to sell me their religion or this or that. And it's just like, no, like, I'm just here trying to figure out a way to help you achieve what it is you want. Because, you know, people will go list their home. And at the end of the day, you want your home to be sold. But you're listening with someone who's not going to do what it is that they're telling you. They're just going to put on the MLS call a day and hope. Because that's what we all do, right? We hope that this home will sell. But what other proactive approach are you doing as an agent to get your clients home sold? Because a lot of times what I've seen, a lot of the people who buy homes tend to be your next door neighbor Mm -hmm. that you may not even know that's interested in buying or may know of someone. Mm -hmm. You know, so when I list a home, I go around, I let the neighbors know, hey, you have first dibs to pick your neighbors. This is your opportunity. Do you want a dude that you don't like living next to you or do you want someone that is your friend, your coworker, that you value or you trust to be your neighbor. And this is the opportunity. So I give those people in the neighborhood the first dibs. And then after that, you know, it just kind of just go from there. I like that approach. Yeah. That's actually, that's a really, really good idea. It's nerve wracking though. It is. Every day I go out there and, you know, it, it, it's scary because you, know, you don't know who's going to open up the door, you know. So a lot of time I stand about six feet away from the door. You know, it starts off with that smile and that uh your energy got to be high and just respect i think i think it's even scarier i mean i i uh 
I think what you're doing, door knocking in Texas, <laughs> is is number one. You know takes, we are guns, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it takes it takes a guy with, That's the with literally brass balls, as you would say. So, okay, so in Texas, the guy can shoot you. you know? So that's the thing. So yeah. I've learned throughout my years, there's certain things you need to do to make people comfortable. And let's be quite frank. I'm a black man in Texas. Exactly. I'm a handsome black man in Texas. <laughs> let's, not, let's not forget, guys. I have to throw that out there. But what I realized, we are in Texas. Yes. What is Texas known for? Cowboys. And guns. And guns. That's where the hat came in handy. So that's huh? where the hat comes in. So I don't wear a cowboy hat because I love it. It's cool. But it's not my, my, my style, right? But I wear it because at that point, when I have that hat on, I'm not a black guy standing in front of you. No, you're this black cowboy now exactly. standing in front of you. So the crazy thing, the one thing that I noticed, it was a kid, and I and I heard them when I knocked on the door. Kid goes, "Mommy, mommy, there's a cowboy outside. There's a cowboy outside." <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh yeah." So once I heard that, like the way it's perceived is different, it's you know. Yeah. So you want people to feel comfortable, and you want to be liked. And uh, by me going out there and Wearing a hat, I make people feel at ease who's not like me. Mm-hmm. You know, if I wore a regular hat, one, I start looking like everyone else. I start looking like the guy selling pest control or the guy trying to sell you solar. So with the cowboy hat on, one, you don't really see it. And the other thing is with realtors, there's no competition with the door knocking space. It's just you. Because mm-hmm. yeah. most people don't really see a realtor going out there really talking mm-hmm. to them like that. So the... The competition, there's not really any competition, but back to the hat. That's why I wear the hat. One, it's a it's a actual physical, nice looking cowboy hat. Um, not a cheap brand that I got, and you know, it's just that one. I mean, Texas, it makes these people who's not like me, you know, feel more at ease and comfortable to mm. talk to me. And the one thing they will always say every single time, that is a nice looking cowboy hat. It looks good on you, men and women. So for hey, me, imagine you knocked on the guy's door and you're wearing a, a Jewish fedora. That would have been <laughs> interesting. Be different conversation. <laughs> you know? But again, it doesn't matter what race it is. It's just that cowboy hat. It's gonna make me stay out in your mind, right? So when I leave, if I have a good conversation with people, I write on my handwritten card and I send it to them. And you know, I've grown my business immensely over that. I, I just focus on adding people to my database. And that hat is just a staple because when I follow up with them, the first thing I say, hey, I'm the black cowboy that stopped by and knocked on your door. And they remember you. It's yeah. amazing. And it's like, That's whoa. That's awesome marketing. Oh, yeah, you're, you know, so one, it's, it's just like to say, it's a brand, right? You look at Apple, they have the Apple. You look at, you know, Bentley, they have the B. You look at uh, Rolls Royce, they have the double R. What makes me stand out is, one, being a black guy with a cowboy hat on. That's not something you see on a regular. Right, mm-hmm. and then I don't dress. I don't wear no cowboy boots. I'm in tennis shoes, so to look at my feet. Oh wow, I like your Nike. So I, I put it's the Urban Flair Cowboys, what I call it. <laughs> nice. You know, mm, nice so, man. Yeah, make so an impression. That's, that's it. You know, so lasting. You said at the beginning that your you when you purchased your home, like your realtor was okay but not great. How do you distinguish yourself from being ordinary to being like outstanding? That's, because I think in our industry right now, a value proposition has become really, really important. So like there's not a lot of people that are giving all of that to their clients. So yeah. how do you stand apart from that? So I would say for me, what makes me stand apart and unique, not to go back and be overzealous by myself, but 
the biggest thing is being dedicated and focused to my well-being and my health, which is fitness, right? So that's one value proposition for me. I'm the fittest agent you're going to see. Like, I don't got to wear no name brand. I wear regular clothes. I'm a regular guy. But when you're with me, you feel that essence of, like, someone of high caliber, right? And, you know, the other thing is, outside of just that, is just really going above and beyond for people because without these clients that we have, we have no livelihood as realtors, right? right? So why don't we give these people that we work with 100%? doesn't matter what it is. Like, picking up your phone at certain hours, you know, if you're on a date with whomever you're with, hey, can I call you back? Just that answering your phone is good. And just going above and beyond for your people, you know, when I have a closing, sometimes I'll spend obscene amount to most agents. It's like, why would you? But then you ask yourself, why won't you? You know, these people are putting 12, 10, 15,000. Most people don't even see that in their lifetime. Correct. So when you're getting these paychecks, like pay homage to the people that put you in that position to be what it is you're doing and, you know, being that person that you are in your life. So I don't think monetarily we give people that we're working with the, the, the utmost respect. And that's my biggest thing is regardless of who you are, what walks of life, you come and do business with me. I'm forever indebted to you because you having your son go to uh, fencing, who's paying for that? Mm. Yeah, you're paying for it. But it's your clients that's helping you close these deals that's paying for it at the end of the day. So how I always see it, I'm forever indebted to any and all my clients, and I'll do everything and anything that I can to show them that just because you bought a home for me, you're always in the back of my mind. Mm. So if it be... It doesn't end with that It home. does not end, and mm. it doesn't, because if you think it ends, guess what? That person's going to go buy a, another house with someone else, which I've had it happen. You know, I've knocked on the door. Oh, yeah, I had an agent, but this agent didn't do what it is that you're doing. Yeah. And to mm-hmm. people, it's just that, just that in itself separates you. Right. So, like I said, my value add is just really just keeping you in the front of my mind and just like constant little touches here and there. How you doing? Um, you know, birthdays, Christmas, Thanksgiving, New Year's. How are you? You know, just that I noticed clients events party is, is what really separates me because you have top dogs, agents that are selling all these homes, but they're not in front of the people. They don't show mm-hmm. them any value add. They're not showing them any type of love, wants, care. That you know, at the end of the day, you're just another paycheck. People can exactly. feel that. Yeah. You're just doing business with me because you want a paycheck. But when you show people, I'm not just here for a check. I'm here to really make an impact and teach you how you could create generational wealth. Because I feel like several years ago, generational wealth was something that people just talk about, but really people didn't understand how to help people do it. And I think as realtors. We literally are like doctors, lawyers, and so on and so forth. And don't come for me, every single doctor's out there, <laughs> you know. But we really are. We make we change people's life for 100%. the better because mm. you buy a home if you don't understand finance. And I'm just telling you as your agent, hey, park your money here for the next ten years, right? right. And you listen to me. And you buy that house and you sell that house for triple the value of what you bought it for. Guess what? I just created wealth for you. Mm. So, you know, when I look at it like that, I'm not just a, a realtor. I'm a financial advisor. So our title goes way beyond the terms of realtors. And I think we sell ourselves short by considering that. But we're a lot more than just that. We are, you know, people, advisors. And that's how we got to see ourselves as right. uh, advisors. And, and the house is normally like the most expensive thing a person could buy. Exactly. Right? Your like, biggest you know, investment. That and a yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's you know, and I think most people, they just kind of, Throw it over the shoulders and just think, oh, it's just helping someone achieve home ownership, the American dream, quote unquote. But it's like it's more than that. Like yeah. you are making an impact 
straight away yeah mm-hmm. and i think that's what i love about you mihara is that your values that you have are very in line with go real estate values and number one making sure that the clients are taken care of not now but forever so whatever we doing is how do we benefit our clients going forward mm. and it's not about that first paycheck no it's it's about how else can you assist your client in building wealth and as you said generational wealth yeah. so the other thing is you giving back which is amazing mm-hmm. so you learning for the last 8 years you're working on your body uh, you know and 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 learning uh, how to uh, be healthy and so on and now sharing it with people on social media you're giving back and that's that 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 is so key in everything that we do because that's what brings us happiness yep it's not creating the wealth it's uh, but how do we give it back how do we assist human human kind and and, and society in a whole right right I think one of the biggest thing I've taken away from listening to all these people um life is not just about you there's a saying there's a song uh by this group is they're called the guys called Zoo ZHU phenomenal artist and uh, he has a song I think it's called money and at the end of the song he it says life is all about you but yet it's not all about you and those are two opposing thoughts and I always think about it every single time because we live right now in this current moment that everything is about me You go by no one wants to talk to anyone anymore. My girlfriend tells me, "You're so friendly. You could talk to anyone everywhere you go." And I'm just like, I just make it my purpose right. to one, you never know who you can meet. Mm. And two, you never know who's going through some stuff. Because again, we mask what's going on in our personal life. So, when it when it comes to that, you know, I have clients who would just call me and just say, "Hey, I just want to talk to you because you just make life just that much fun. Like I talk to you, I'm just laughing." Right? Mm. And I don't know what kind of personal stuff you're dealing with or you're going through, but th- that's one of my thing is that's what I'm here for. Like reach out to me, I'll talk to you about whatever nonsense you want to talk about because I'm making an impact cuz you don't know if someone may be suicidal. Yeah. And you could just have that one split of a conversation and that could change their whole outlet on on the on life. Uh so, you know, I I I say that to say, you know, when I live my life, it's not just all about me, it's about everyone's that I come in contact with. You know, I tell jokes in the office. because I don't know what someone may be going through so I'm just like let me spill all my little nonsense you know shout out to my uh my future comedic career <laughs> you know just want to put it out there I might be a comedian here you know what I'm saying you got But the right cameraman over here is it going to be you <laughs> hey <laughs> now nah, so it's just making an impact on people and and just life that's it but uh I got the whole so Grant Cardone said one of the things which was the first sale is the easiest sale It's the hardest sale, sorry. The first sale is the hardest sale to get. The second sale is the easiest. Meaning the car business, when you sell a car, it's the hardest thing to do. Right. The second sale is what happens in finance. What happens to the referrals? So, me, I try to do, not even try, I do the best that I can on the first sale, which makes the second sale that much more easier to do, meaning the referral comes easier. Cuz if you go above and beyond, that second sale is way easier for you to get, right? right? because now to see your value to see how hard working you are to see who you are as a person right so when you focus on the first sale the second sale becomes so much more easier for you to get but the the first sale is always the hardest and most people don't really see the first sale as something of value that they need to focus on and they just focus on the second sale and it's like you can't sell someone the second time if you haven't shown them 
who you are the first time. First, there right. is no number two without. There is, yeah. Exactly. Carrying that first one, probably. You know, so every time I do a deal, it's just that. Like, how can I make this first sale worthwhile for me? You know, how can I help you understand? Like, this is my value add. This is what I bring to the table. This is what I want you to take away from it. So, when you see friends, family, coworkers that's talking about real estate. I want to call this guy. He He's yeah. the guy, you know? Well, because if you go above and beyond, then they know that they're going to be calling you back. True. So, I mean, because my business is almost like 95% like referral base, I mm. feel that's so important because they have to know your value since the first time you walked into their house. Otherwise, you know, they're, they're not going to, you're not going to be, they're, they're going to try to interview other agents. They're going to try to see what they can get from other agents. Mm -hmm. So, but if you go with the right, you know, mindset and you know what you have to do, then you're going to close the deal. That's true. No problem. That's so, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I think a lot of people don't think uh, of the big picture. Yeah. In this game. yeah. They're and just it, trying to survive. Yeah. There, there's a big difference. And I feel like right now, what we're living in our industry, how our market has been changing, is going to become a lot more important. You got to get You have a, to put your value proposition. And you don't have any second chances. You yeah. got to do it at the first try. So. That's true. And, and I think that's what it is. Like right now with lawsuits happening with buyer's agent and everything, it's like yep. real estate, you have to do more now. You, it's not just, you know, back in 2021 when anyone's with a post can go ahead and sell real estate and do certain things like no you have to be doing it you know and that's right. why i'm happy that i discover door knocking to be my outlet and my avenues of going out there and just meeting people and again it's a daunting task no one really want to do it but it's, again i meet interesting people i met a guy just a quick uh, story i met a guy who was a paraplegic normal guy several years ago uh, married had kids you know lost his, his limbs now he's in a wheelchair i mm. met him but via door knocking knocked on this guy's door and uh when we spoke you know i'm, I'm treating him like a regular person i'm not seeing him as like a guy in a wheelchair mm -hmm. and finally he emails me out of nowhere i say hey send me an email you know we just chop it up and you know just talk send me an email he explains to me what happened to him he was driving one day he gets hit in a car accident man loses his leg has one leg and he's like in a wheelchair and uh you know as he was telling me this it just kind of just made me think at any moment your life can change impactfully 100 percent, yeah you know so again it's just living that in your mind at any moment you could be here and you cannot be here right so it's just following that mindset you know this this thing called life is a gift and how do you mm -hmm. live it every single day and people you come in contact with like how do you change your life every single day make an impact that's make it impact, you know yeah. make an impact that's it What's I love that, Miata. Miata, any parting words for us today? Anything that you want to leave okay. us, your list, the listeners with? Knowledge. knowledge. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out this thing called life, so I don't really have any real um, key opposing thoughts on things. But I would just say, I mean, if if you think you can't, like that old adage, you can, you know. And you know, as I've seen all kinds of walks of life, I've been to, I've been homeless. I was homeless when I started real estate. I was in my, my vehicle for nearly a year. Slept on my buddy's floor doing real estate in my, uh, at the time I had a full runner, you know, but um, just that in itself, I always tell myself, if you're not dead, you can still make something happen because I feel mm -hmm. the only time you could truly feel in life is when you're dead. Yes. If you're not dead, you have an opportunity every single day to create something. Correct. But once you die, you don't have that opportunity. Mm -hmm. So the true sense of, Failure, it only happens when you're dead because you can 
go back in life and try to figure out what exactly is mm-hmm. going on. So if I could leave anyone anything, you know, at the end of the day, if you're not dead, there's always an opportunity to become great. It's when you die, that's when your life truly ends and you can't really make that dream that you have. As I say, you know, if you look at a graveyard or a cemetery, there's wasted failure every single day and it shows you, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And if you kind of leave with that mindset is, if I'm not dead, I can make my dream happen. It just makes you every single day like, okay, I have an opportunity, yeah. you know, to make something happen. So that's that's my outlook, outlook on life. It just... Every day, just get after it. Even if it's moving a needle 1%, you at least got 1% better. You know, if you go to the gym, you're not going to see results every day. But if you go consistently, you're going to see results. But just the fact that you go on that one time, you're winning. You know, so... That's it, man. One day at a time. That's it. I love it. Thank you, Mahara. Really Thank appreciate you. you coming on. We'll have to Thank do another part two. Yeah. yeah, we got to do another Life is wild. <laughs> There's too many stories. We haven't even gotten My name is Mahara. My life is kind of crazy. Thank you, Mahara, man. This has been amazing. We, uh, I mean, you're an awesome role model for people, oh. right? just by your story and by your attitude. And it's been an honor having you on. Thank you. And, I'm honored. Uh, we're looking forward to the second second part of yeah, this. Yeah, we'll have to do another sure. one. Second part is more interesting than the first. Uh, yeah. Oh. yeah. Uh, we can get a bit more personal. Yeah, I know. I'm scared. It's not going to get any personal. I don't know. I got stories for days. I don't know if you want to hear We're waiting for like part one of your biography to come out. I want to write a book one day. That's one thing. Man, I got, when I was in, lived in Minneapolis going for college, man. I got told by my dad, like, hey, come down. I got a car for you. I'm excited. You know, 18, 19 years ago, you just finished college. All you think about, like, the parties I'm going to go to and all this stuff I'm going to do. Man, I went down there. That man did not have no car. (laughs) (laughs) He did not have no house. And then we ended up for, like, six, seven months. I'm there. I'm in college. And I go, well, where am I staying? And he goes, (laughs) You see this homeless shelter? Where are you going to be staying? <laughs> oh, so, I mean, a homeless shelter, it's almost like a prison because you're with wow. other men, you know, and all kinds Sheesh. of other stuff, transvestite and everything. And you're There's a bit zesty in there. There's a lot of zesty. <laughs> There's a lot of zesty. <laughs> but it just, you know, it's just like, man, you know, it, even with that, my girlfriend tells me all the time, like, you never broke, I never broke from any of it. Yeah. You know, and it's I feel stronger. like, Every single trial, that, that's it. You know, you win yeah. from it, and life teaches mm-hmm. you all these things, like, to become great, right? right? It's up to you at the end of the day how you pursued, you know, life and the choices that you make and your perspective and how you... Because, you know, you see, people see failure and, like, oh, my God. So well, afraid. I think at the end of the day, it helps us, like, achieve a lot of things. Yeah. And that's one thing I want to ask you before we leave, you know, with a man being your success as you are right and you're giving your kids all this life do you feel in a sense like all this stuff that you're doing are you robbing them of them creating their own life later on because if they have it so good what's the point of you trying right because i feel as someone who's creating wealth as the first phase in my family the stuff that i went to my kids wouldn't go through so i always sit back and i ask these people who want success so bad are you robbing your kids of actual life experience? You know what I'm saying? Because from what I've gone through, I feel like my character have grown immensely from it. So when I have kids, how will their character be? Even though they're going to learn from me, but this, the blow of what life kind of hands us, they won't see it. You know? Yeah. So it's like when you get that FASA and you're thinking, I want to go buy Xbox, which is what I did with my FASA money. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, like you make that decision and you bet on yourself and you only have a hundred bucks to your name and you fly back to Vegas without knowing anyone. You're sleeping on the floor trying to figure out how you're going to eat. But you had an Xbox. I had an Xbox, <laughs> you know, but it's like that's those are stories where you can tell people and it's like, wow, dang. So, you know, as, as someone who's created that for your kids and they have this grandiose life, like, how do you feel? So the interview has turned. Dang. Turn tables. <laughs> so I, I, think, I, think, I think the best way to answer that, Mihara, would be... Um, so everything that I do in my life is for my kids. It's not for myself. It's not for myself. Yes, it's to better my life and to better my wife's life. But essentially and eventually, it is for them. Mm-hmm. But now, it is my responsibility to ensure that they have the tools. Right? To I give them the tools. I educate them in a way that gives them the tools to then allow themselves to, to work as hard as, as we have. right? To to not be given everything on a plate yeah and and to create that mindset that you have of working hard grinding every day moving the needle 1% you know so it is that is responsibility on us the parents here right um how do i do that right now i don't i think my kids are but but young right now uh, but my kids also are not growing up the way I grew up in South Africa. So South Africa, just a small example, when I was my kid's age, I had a nanny. I had a maid. I I had domestic servants that did everything for us. Me living in America, even with the small successes that I've had in my life, I still won't get domestic servants. Well, I still won't have certain things that I had as a kid in South Africa. Hmm. It's not because I don't want it. It's because I can live without it. I'm fine living without it. And in a way, it's better that my kids don't have it. So they can learn how to make their bed in the morning or do their laundry, which I only learned how to do when I moved out of South Africa at the age of 22 when I moved over to the UK. Prior to that, we were spoiled children. And that's not how I want my kids to, to grow up. I want them to build that mindset of, 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 of hard work and grinding away. And and main thing is to create um, uh, a mindset for them that failure is... There's nothing wrong with failure. Failure is fine. As long as you learn from your failures and you can push on. Wake up again and and then learn from those failures and then be successful thereafter. So that responsibility lies on our pa- us as parents. Yeah. Right? We don't know what's going to happen. I think I'm strong believer that destiny and what is written for you has been done, ordained already before you were born. And uh, we can do as much as we can with our kids till they're 18 years old. Thereafter, they have to fend for themselves. So mm. we have from 0 to 18, to give them the tools to survive in this world. And they're watching you mm. every step. And I think it takes a lot more discipline than like just a workout routine. Yeah. It's a lot harder. But I think like with the right partner, the right values, like 
they're just watching so eventually they'll learn yeah they'll you know? yeah. Good i'm excited yeah. i'm excited being you guys' shoes and you know be on that journey but that that's just one thing obviously your life growing up is way different than mine but that's one thing that kind of it's it's hanging its head over me you know as i get on this level and create this uh life for myself that i have in my head and that vision right is if i do get to the point i can hire a maid or i can get a whatever it is right it's am i robbing my kids then at that point of whatever obstacles they may have in life and I and I think that's a viable question that a lot of it people. Is. It is, but it depends on how you grew up. I would get a maid for mm. my part of the rooms, <laughs> and my son would still have to do his it's own bed. Yeah, because it's like I, I, you know, yeah. I, I got this. You yeah. know, I work hard for this, so it's like you know. So, you, no, yeah. no, but coming to that, I'll be honest with you. There's nothing. There's nothing special about having domestic servants. I don't understand no. it. Mm. Now, when I go to South Africa, or when any of us go to South Africa, and we see them. All over the show, it becomes a nuisance because we're not used to it. We're not used to it, and and it's for you to do your own laundry. There's nothing wrong with it. Yeah, for you to make your own bed. There's nothing. It disciplines you. There's yeah. a discipline in everything. Exactly. Yeah. I think unless and unless you're like needing every minute of your 24 hours, <laughs> yeah. like there's no need for it. I sure. th- I feel like it builds character, and it's just kind of something that you have to, you know, it's part of life. Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to the second phase of our podcast because I think, you know. There's a lot. There's a lot more. We'll go more. Hey, you can ask me some questions. <laughs> more <laughs> questions. I know you oh, want to. I know. <laughs> it's your, your mind. No, the next one is swapping seats. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to grill you. <laughs> oh, God. You go ahead, man. Go ahead. Like, yo. Thank you, man. Awesome. I appreciate it, man. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Yaneli. Awesome. Hey, watch, subscribe, tune in. Yeah. It's exciting. <laughs> I like it. You know. We'll use his uh, outro clip there. There you go. <laughs> Thanks for watching today's episode of It's Go Time. Don't forget to like, follow, subscribe, and leave comments uh, on all of our channels. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, we're on YouTube, and don't forget our Instagram and Facebook pages as well.